Shep. Pizza. What's that? Pizza. Pizza right. After church, we're going to have dinner outside in the fellowship hall. So let's uh, hang out together after church. We're going to have lunch here together. Thank you. Let's turn to Hebrews 11, uh, verse 1. Uh, if you have your notes with me, um, or if you have your Bibles, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Let's actually all read it together. Here is what the Word of God says. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Can we say that one more time? Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen. Amen. So this is our week 47 in the book of Hebrews. We started from Hebrews 1, and we have arrived to Hebrews 11, verse 1. If, we, if you don't remember, the book of Hebrews was written for people who used to be Jewish, and then they converted to Christianity, and then because of the persecution, they really thought about abandoning Christ, abandoning Christianity, and go back to Judaism. So that is the whole purpose of the book. So the author of Hebrews wrote that book to them, and he spent pretty much the first 10 chapters, for the most part, presenting to them theology that Christ is superior, Christianity is superior than the Old Testament. Again, the idea here is, if Christianity is superior, don't leave what is superior to go to what is inferior. Amen? Amen. We have seen that the author of Hebrews argued that Jesus Christ is superior to the prophets, he's superior to the angels, he's superior to Moses, and he's superior to Aaron, the high priest of the Old Testament. Amen? And after he spent almost the first 10 chapters arguing that, now the rest of the book is pretty much practical applications. If Jesus is superior, don't, don't leave him. And this is how you should live your life as Christians in the midst of the persecution. The first exhortation he gave them that we have seen is that pretty much the end of chapter 10, he exhorted them to enter into the new sanctuary. Amen? He said, we have boldness to enter into the very throne of God by the blood of Jesus. And he was exhorting them not to abandon prayer and entering into the presence of God. And then um, he exhorted them at the very tail of chapter 10 to keep on enduring persecution. And now in chapter 11, which we started on last time, and this is our second week, he exhorted them to live their life by faith. Amen? We started that uh, last time we uh, spent... Last time we preached from Hebrews 11.1, 1, and this is our second week, talking about the exact same verse. So let me recap a little bit, and then we'll dig deeper into that verse. If you remember last time, how did we define faith? Anybody remembers? If you don't, it's right there in front of you. Here is what we defined faith last time. How, what is faith simply and practically? It is action based on trust in the actual promises of God. You guys remember that? Remember this. This is extremely important. And all the words that capitalize, these are essential. You cannot take any part of that phrase out and it's still faith. You guys are with me? It's action based on trust and the actual promises of God. I'll do this analogy that I said last time one more time so I can refresh our memory. Barb is our treasurer, right? And if for one reason, the church has a $300 bill. Bart can come to me and say, hey, we have a bill for $300. Do 
They only accept checks, but I don't have my checkbook with me. So Barb, give me $300 cash out of the church treasury and put it in my hand. And she says, here is the $300. Can you please write a check on behalf of the church and send it to the person that we should pay them the bill, right? Now, what is that $300 in my hand? It's actual substance, right? It's actual material. It's actual evidence that is in my hand. And because I have it in my hand, if I go write a check with my name on it, with $300 and give it to that vendor, do I have to have any trust in this process? No, not at all, right? Because she gave me the cash in my hand. I don't have to trust Barb for anything. She already gave me the money. She's a good person. She's a bad person. It doesn't matter to me because I have the money in my hand. You guys are with me? Now, imagine the situation that Barb will come to me and say, hey, we have that bill for $300. They only accept checks. Can you write them a check? And then I will pay you back that $300. You guys are with me? So I go home. I write my own check for $300. And I go give it to that vendor. Now, see, I am acting right now. And I am betting $300 of my own money. But why am I doing this? I'm doing all of this. I am acting this way because I trust that Barb will come through. You guys are with me? Remember that analogy? So I do that not hoping that Barb will give me the money back. I do that knowing that Barb will give me the money back, right? Mm -hmm. That's precisely what faith is. God says, go do something. And even though you don't see any tangible fruit, any tangible result, any tangible evidence in your hand that this is happening, you still act on the promises of God no matter what because you trust that God has said a word and this word is as good as actually having the, act, the event already took place. You guys are with me? Just in the same manner I trusted Barb as if she already gave me the money. That's what faith is. You trust God as if it already has happened. And you can act with confidence on that. You guys are with me? Mm -hmm. Three essential parts of what faith is. It's an action based on trust and the actual promises of God. If you don't act on it, it's not faith. You guys are with me? If Barb say, go write the check under your name and I will pay you the money back, even though I trust her dearly, but I don't go write the check under my name, that's not faith, that's not trust. You guys are with me? That faith, that trust must propel me to act. And if I don't act, it's not really faith. But that faith is not based on the reality that she has already paid me the $300. It's based on me trusting her that she will give me the $300. You guys are with me? So it is action based on trust on the actual promises. She said that verbatim, and I'm not assuming she said that. I know she said that. I heard her. She said, go pay the money, and I will pay you back. You guys are with me? If Barb would have not done that, and I go write my own check, and I send it under my own money, I, I'm trusting in an assumption that she will pay me back. You guys are with me? Trusting in an assumption is not the exact same as trusting the word. 
And that's when you can fail. You can assume God said things when he didn't. You can trust him all what you want. You can act all what you want. But if God actually didn't say it, it doesn't matter. You will never gain anything out of it. You're actually, in a way, making a dumb mistake. Because you're basing your action and in trust and your trust on an actual assumption, not on the actual word of God. You guys are with me? What does that tell us? That tells us we need to know the word of God because if you don't know his word, you don't know his promises, you're going to go around trusting God for things he never promised and you'll end up just being disappointed. So what is faith? Here it is. Let's say it together. It's an action based on trust in the actual promises of God, the actual word of God. Not your assumption, but his word. Not what you think he said, but he, what he actually said. That's a big difference. You guys are with me? All right. So that's what we talked about last time. Today, I just want to focus a little bit on that last part of that verse, that faith is evidence of things are not seen yet. If you remember the analogy that I told you last time as well is this. <clears throat> the way I understand it, this is no Greek or Hebrew or any scholarly opinion. This is just my opinion. When you have a jury in, in a court... They have not, and you have a defendant, and they have not seen the defendant committing any crime, right? The jury probably never seen the guy in their lives before. But they are presented with some evidence, enough evidence, that they can be certain whether this guy is guilty or, or innocent. You guys are with me? So that evidence that they have is tangible material that they can act up on on things that they have not seen with their own eyes. You guys are with me? And that's what faith is. That's what the author of Hebrews tells us. Faith makes you see the unseen. Faith makes you see the unseen. And because of faith and you see the unseen, you can act not based on what you see with your own eyes, but you act based on what you don't see with your physical eyes, but you act based on what you see with your faith eyes. You guys are with me? Faith makes you see the unseen. And this is not just one-time incidents in Hebrews 11.1 1, that the author of Hebrews told us this. Actually, throughout the book of Hebrews, about five times, in some way or shape or form, the author of Hebrews keep telling us that faith makes you see the unseen. You guys are with me? Faith makes you see the unseen. Let's look at that different incidents in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, where the author of Hebrews emphasized that point. Faith makes you see the unseen. The first incidence, obviously, is here. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is evidence of things that are not seen. Remember, the context is this. The, the, the Hebrews that the author of Hebrews wrote that letter to are Christians who are facing persecution, right? They even wanted to leave Christianity and abandon Christ and go back to Judaism. So the whole point of that book is to encourage them to keep on going, to keep on enduring persecutions. You guys are with me? So here he's telling them that this kind of faith by which you should live makes you see the unseen. There's a contrast between something they can see with their physical eyes and something they cannot see with their physical eyes. What the author of Hebrews is talking about here is not contrasting the reality of the persecution around them with the reality of the presence of God and the angels and, and people worshiping in heaven that they cannot see with their eyes. 
the author of Hebrews here is con contrasting the present reality of the persecution that they're having versus the future fulfillment of the promises of God when they're going to be in his presence resting from all sorts of persecution that they can ever endure. You guys are with me? So what is unseen here in Hebrews 11.1 1 is the very fulfillment, future fulfillment of the promises of God. And he's saying this, because you can see that ultimately down the road, God is faithful and he will fulfill his promises. All this persecution will come to an end. You'll come to the point of utter rest in the presence of God for all eternity based on what Jesus has done for you on the cross and based on the very promises of God. Because with your faith, you can see the end. You can endure what you see now with your physical eyes. You guys are with me. So faith is seeing the unseen. And when you see the unseen, you can endure persecution. And that is the first point about seeing the unseen. Again, the, the Hebrews here were enduring persecution, but the author of Hebrews telling them, just with faith, by the eyes of faith, you can see the ultimate fulfillment of the promises of God. And because you know for sure, because you see it with the eyes of faith, that this will come to happen. Now, that will give you courage in your inner man to keep on persevering and keep on enduring persecution. Amen? Amen. When you see the unseen, you endure persecution. But number two, when you see the unseen, you remain faithful. This is one of my favorite parts of, that, of this message this morning. Hebrews 11.7. Look at this. By faith, Noah, being warned by God about things what? Not yet seen. In reverence, in fear, he prepared the ark for the salvation of his household by which he condemned the world and became the heir of the righteousness which is according to the faith. Think about this. The author of Hebrews is saying, by faith, when Noah was warned about things that are not seen, seen how? With his physical eyes, right? He acted based on that because with his spiritual eyes, with his faith, he saw that is not seen with his physical eyes. You guys are with me? He saw that the promises of God will come to fulfillment. He saw that the day will come when the flood will come and people who are not inside that ark will perish and only those who trust in the very word of God will be saved. Amen? Because Noah saw with his faith, with eyes of faith, what he could not see with his physical eyes, he endured and he built that ark and he bare to the end to see the very fulfillment of the promises of God. You guys are with me? Amen. 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 He remained faithful all this time. If you look at the book of Genesis and you try to do the math between the time his kids were born to the time uh, the flood came and all this stuff, you're going to conclude that building the ark was about 50 to 60 years, very conservatively. And that makes sense. I mean, the ark was gigantic. It was only Noah and his three kids, right? Not like, not tons of people wanted to help him out. So in order to build that massive construction, it is very reasonably, logically speaking, that it took about 50 years to build that ark. You guys are with me? Right? Now imagine this. Think about that. For 50 years. Noah, at one point, heard God. God told him, Noah, go build the ark because I'm about to destroy everybody. And God gave him the instruction. 
How many times did God give Noah the instruction or appear to him or spoke to him about building the ark? One time. And then for 50 years after that, God was completely silent. Think about that. For 50 years, Noah, every single day, wake up in the morning, grab his kids out of bed, and go out, hammer nails, and build an ark for 50 years. Why? Because God has promised 50 years ago that he will bring the flood. He remained faithful for 50 years because with his eyes, he saw what it is not seen with the physical eyes. You guys are with me? Imagine this. I mean, wouldn't it be kind and helpful if God would just, you know, I would say every couple of years show up to Noah in a vision or a dream and tell him, hey, Noah, you're doing great. Keep it up, buddy. You know what I mean? Wouldn't that be just such an encouragement to Noah that he's on the right track, that he's doing the right thing? Because God is keep on encouraging him and repeating his word to him. Did God do that? No. Nope. Spoke one time and that's it. But because Noah heard God, because he could see with his spiritual eyes, the unseen, he remained faithful for 50 years. Imagine the year 11. 11 years. I, I can't even imagine this. Can you imagine for 11 years you have been doing the exact same thing? You wake up in the morning, try to build an ark, and then it's 100 degrees outside. It is super hot. The heat is absolutely insane. And all the people around him keep on mocking him, making fun of him, because he has building a ship in the middle of the desert for 11 years. And then the, the day after that, Noah wake up in the morning to go back to do the exact same thing. And God is totally silent. God does not keep on pushing him or encouraging him to keep on doing this. God is just completely silent. Isn't that crazy? Now, that's faith. Amen? He heard God. He acted on the word. On, he, he did action based on the trust of the actual promises of God. No matter how long it took and no matter how much persecution he faced, no matter how hard it seemed, he acted because he trusted in the actual promises of God for 50 years. I don't know about you. That's my hero. Amen? I have been doing this church thing for six months already or seven months, and I'm already getting frustrated with the lack of progress. In six months, you guys are with me. I cannot even imagine doing it for 50 years, trusting God. That's insane to me. But this is what happened when you see the unseen. You guys are with me. Let me give you some practical tips how we can do that. Let's look at our church. With your physical eyes, you can see 10 people sitting in the pews, right? But with your spiritual eyes, with the eyes of faith, you can see people waiting outside this sanctuary because the presence of God is here and because people are being touched, right? This is what you can do. And because you are encouraged that this is going to happen one day, you keep on trying, you keep on praying, you keep on witnessing, you keep on telling people about Jesus because you're not focused on what you see with your physical eyes. You see what is not seen with the physical eyes. You see with the eyes of faith, evidence of things that are not seen yet. Amen? Amen. But I don't want to mislead you. I wanted you to know the full picture. What is faith again as we defined it? Faith is action based on the trust in the actual promises of God. So we need to know the word of God, right? Now, God did not promise in his word this. He did not say, 
If my people who are called by my name would wait on me, I will hear their land. Did he say that? What did he say? If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and do what? And pray and repent, I will heal their land. You guys are with me. So if we don't pray, we're not trusting the actual promises of God. You're not doing it God's way. And if you're not doing it God's way, you can wait all that you want. I hate to bring it to you, but nothing going to happen to us. But if we pray, if we keep on seeking God, even though we don't see anything being happening, just like Noah for 50 years acted on the promise of God and he saw nothing. As a matter of fact, he might have seen it getting worse because the persecution, I'm pretty sure, was increasing by the t as time goes by. Baby, when he acted in the actual promises of God, the true promises of God came to a fulfillment. Amen? Amen. And it's the same thing for us. If we pray, God will show up. If we don't pray, God is not going to show up. You can win all what you want, not praying, God is not going to show up. You guys are with me. That's why prayer is extremely important. Honestly, I was encouraged by the example of Noah because I'm frustrated myself, keep praying and keep seeking God and keep trying to witness and not seeing anybody have any salvation or any results. But guess what? I just see that, hey, I'm not super crazy unique. It's not like I have, I'm the only person in the world that this happened to him. Noah trusted God for 50 years, not seeing anything, but ultimately the promises of God came to an end. You guys are with me? I want to encourage us today. I know with, with our physical eyes we don't see much. But I don't want you to look with your physical eyes. I want you to look with the eyes of faith on what God can do. Amen? But you have to do it God's way. Not your way expecting God to bless it. You're with me? Scripture says God, Jesus commanded us and he said this. Go and preach the gospel. You have to tell people about me. That's his command, right? He might have not command how you do it. This is up to you. You're into friendship evangelism. That's fine. You're into one-on-one -on -one evangelism. Whatever you do with that's fine. I'm not concerned about your method. But if your method not resulting in preaching the gospel, if you have been building relationships with somebody for 10, 20 years and you have yet to share the gospel with them, don't expect God to show up. Because he didn't say go and build relationships. He said go and Preach the gospel. You do it God's way and you be faithful and God will bless that. You guys are with me. I want to give you the full picture today. I don't want you to leave this place having fake faith in God, trusting in stuff that he did not promise us. We have to trust in the actual word and promises of God. Amen? Maybe with your physical eyes, you see that your pills are piling up. But with your eyes of faith, you see God has promised that he will supply all our needs according to his riches in glory. Amen? Maybe with your physical eyes, you see your son or your father, your friend or your relative, that you are crying out to God for their salvation. And the more you pray, the more deeper in sin they seem to go. But with the eyes of faith, you can see that the promises of God is this. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved and all your household. Amen? Amen. With the eyes of faith, you can see what you cannot see with your physical eyes. And that's how you remain faithful. God doesn't have to come and assure us as a church here and appear to us and say, go preach the gospel. Go pray for the lost. He already said it to us. We have to act on his word, act on his promises. And we trust that he is faithful to do what he has promised to us. 
And with the eyes of faith, we can see that the promises of God will come to an end, even though with our physical eyes, we don't see it happening. So when you see the unseen, you endure persecution. When you see the unseen, you remain faithful. But when you see the unseen, you rest in the faithfulness of God. Look at that. Hebrews 11.13. Talk about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And here is what the author of Hebrews. All these died in faith without receiving the promises by having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. Look at that. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God has promised them that the land of Canaan will be theirs, right? Mm -hmm. Has any of them see the, seen the fulfillment of the promises of God before they died? No. None of them. They have not seen that God has held his word. But does that mean that they do not trust him? That they start questioning that God will actually bring it to a past? No. To a past? No. Why? Because they have seen that the promises being fulfilled in the future. You guys are with me? With the eyes of faith, they have seen the unseen. And because with the eyes of faith, they have seen the unseen, they rested in the faithfulness of God that even though they don't understand it, even though they don't see it happening with their own eyes, they knew for sure that God will bring it to a pass because God is a faithful God. And because of that, they rested. They didn't have to strive for it. They didn't have to worry about it. They died in peace knowing that even though they have not themselves received it, there is no question in their mind that it will sure come to pass. When you see the unseen, you rest in the faithfulness of God. I don't know about you. Don't you need that? I know I need that. I struggle a lot and... But we need to learn how to rest in the faithfulness of God. And this is not going to happen by you, you, you earn it. You just have to trust him. You have to rest in faith. It's faith only that makes you rest in God's faithfulness. No matter what happened, no matter what you see with your physical eyes, with the eyes of faith, you can trust that God is able, he is faithful, and we can just rest in that. Amen? So if you have a promise from God, rest in it. Because you know that with the eyes of faith, you can see the unseen. Maybe your physical eyes keep on tricking you and play games on you. And you see the mirage that none of the promises of God are coming to pass. Amen? Yeah. But today God is saying, don't see me with the, your physical eyes. I want you to see me with the eyes of faith. I want you to keep on acting, keep on resting. Because you trust me that my word will come to pass. Amen? Mm -hmm. When you see the unseen, you rest in the faithfulness of God. Number four, when you see the unseen, you defy the king. That's what the scripture says about Moses in Hebrews 11, 23. His parents now, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents. Why? Because they saw that he was a beautiful child they saw he's not just 
cute when it says that he's a beautiful child. He was cute from that verse. But this is not what the author of Hebrews is telling us, that they saw that he's cute and too bad that he can die. That's why they tried to hide him. They saw that he has a beautiful future from God. They saw that God's plan for him in the future are beautiful. And they said, you know what? God has a good plan for this kid. No matter what the kid, what the king say, we're going to defy that king because we see the future. We see the unseen. And because they saw the unseen, they defied the king. You guys are with me? Yeah. Now, kingdom is not a Republican, a republic. You guys are with me? Here, we are in a republic. Every one of us has a, has a voice. You can, you, you can vote Trump out. You can vote him in. In two years from now, it's really up to the people to choose. And there's laws. And they say nobody's above the law unless you're the president. But anyways, uh, they say nobody is above the law. You, you know, But that's not the case in the kingdom. The, in a kingdom, the king is the law. You guys are with me? You can be the most righteous, most wonderful person in the kingdom. And the king, for one reason or another, try to chop your head off. Guess what? You're gone. Because that's what the king wants. We have, you know, John the Baptist. A righteous man. King wants him gone. Gone. You can be the most wicked of all. Evil person. And the king, for some reason, likes you and decides to keep you around. Then guess what? You're going to be kept around. You guys are with me? The king of that time, any kingdom, the king is the law. Whatever the king says, it happens. Regardless of the reasoning or the logic behind it, nobody cares about that. The word of the king has to come to pass. You guys are with me? So Moses' parents, they didn't have a court of appeals back then that if they don't like what the king say, they can take their case to a judge and override the word of the king. They knew that if they defy the king, they will surely... Bear the punishment of the, and the wrath of the king. But because of the eyes of faith, they saw in the future that the kid is beautiful and God has a plan for him. They did not care and they defied the king. You guys are with me? And that's what you can do yourself with the eyes of faith. When you see the unseen, when you see the promises and the fulfillment of the promises of God, you can do the craziest thing, risk your life, because you know that God has promised and that he's good for his word. Amen? Amen. When you see the unseen, you defy the king. Number five, when you see the unseen, you endure. Same principle like Hebrews 11.1, 1. Same, same idea. Talks about Moses here, and it says here, by faith he left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured, why? As seeing him who is unseen. Most commentators see that, that say that the last phrase, he endured as seeing him who is unseen, is a reference to the overall life of Moses. The, the years of wilderness that he led the children of Egypt, that he bore the rebellion for 40 years. He endured all of that. It was hard. It was tough for an 89 years old man. But he endured it all and he remained faithful through it all. Because why? Because he's crazy, right? Because he was seeing with the eyes of faith the one God himself who is unseen. 
And because he could see the one who's unseen, he remained faithful and he endured whatever came his way because his eyes were not seeing the hardship that he can see with his eyes. His eyes were seeing the one who can provide every need that can come his way. Amen? His eyes could see him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above whatever he faces or he comes his way. You guys are with me? And because he focused on him who is unseen, everything that he could see with his own eyes seemed like nothing to him. And that's why he was able to endure. What is faith? Faith is, uh, let's say it together. This is my definition, not the scripture. But faith is an action based on trust in the actual promises of God. And when you do that, you can see the unseen. You don't see with your physical eyes the people around you, but you see him who promised, who's faithful, he's able to bring about every word that came out of his mouth. Amen? Amen? Amen. I don't know what's your situation today, what you're going through, but I know let's talk about the church because that's in my heart and in my mind. Let's pray. Amen? Amen. Let's seek the face of God. Let's witness and let's not focus about what we see with our naked eyes because it is by faith that we can see the unseen. Amen? Amen. By faith we can see that there is a revival coming to Fairfax County. Amen? Amen? By faith we can see people are getting saved right and left. We don't even have to do anything. They're just getting saved because of the presence of God. Amen? Amen. But we have to do it God's way. Not your way. God's way. Don't trust in your assumptions of what God said. You have to trust in the actual promises of what God said. Amen? Amen. So let's pray. Let's be bold. Let's tell people about Jesus because he who promised is faithful. Amen? Amen. And if you, ha- you can apply that to your life situations as well. Whatever you're going through. If God has promised something in his word or has promised something to you, don't worry about what you see with your physical eyes. Amen? Just look with your eyes of faith and see the unseen. See the day, the time when the very promises of God will be fulfilled. Amen? Amen. Can we close our eyes and pray?